This is Sports Radio 100.9, The Myth. You've waited patiently all day. All wait. They were patient. They didn't get rushed. But Great Lakes Bay region, we finally arrived at the payoff from high school. House call for Isom. To college. Connor Stallions. Like, bro, get a life. To the pros. He's a pumpkin. Pumpkins don't move on their own. Golf barely does. We cover everything a Michigan sports fan could want. This is uncharted territory. And now, here they are. It's the payoff. I hope everybody's having a fine Tuesday evening. I know I certainly am. We got a short, condensed version of the payoff today because the Michigan State Spartans at 630 are going to try their hardest to not disappoint their fans. I know for one, I certainly wasn't disappointed today when I came into work and was reminded of the fact that John has to wear a Jim Harbaugh jersey for the next four days. He's on day two. How are you feeling over there? You got to turn your mic on, John. The hat, the jersey. Thank you. I, I I thought I knew how to do this. The hat, the jersey, and I had to wear it in a meeting today with all the front office staff <laughs> around here, and everyone was giving me looks, and then it had to be explained. And well, Did you tell yeah. everyone, I'm just wearing the jersey of a winner? That's all you had to say. And it, that would have taken care of everything. Well, I, I heard a couple, well, you deserve to be wearing that. People people were very happy that that's what I'm wearing. You uh, you finally found the texter that yes, you made the bet with. Yes, James from Ann Arbor. I, I guess I just kept scrolling past it, but I thought I was losing it. But James from Ann Arbor, we made the bet official. Well, you might still be losing it. <laughs> well, you, you might be losing it regardless. I didn't turn of, my mic on, found, so, yeah, that, you know. Exactly. Rookie mistake. Uh, bottom line, I mm-hmm. wake up today and I see some news. The Red Wings have signed Patrick Kane. And my initial reaction to this was, okay, this is a very low risk, medium reward type of signing. To me, it's telling me Iserman is serious about winning this season. If it doesn't work out, what's the big deal? All it did was cost you $2.5 million. They still have $4 million in cap space and can make a trade. If his surgically repaired hip can't hold up, oh well. He's a veteran in the locker room that knows how to win and can instill that type of experience onto a Red Wings team that lacks postseason experience. I mean, you've got a second-year head coach who's never been in the postseason. Your captain, Dylan Larkin, has one career playoff win, and that came in his rookie season. Your top goal scorer has never made it out of the first round, and in fact, has only one career playoff win. And your best defensive defenseman has, has never even sniffed the playoffs. So you bring in Patrick Kane. A former first overall pick, a three-time Stanley Cup winner, a three-time Conn Smythe Trophy winner, former Hart Trophy winner, former scoring champ, named to the NHL Top 100 list. Perhaps the greatest American to ever lace him up. The cherry on top, he's already played with Alex Dabrinkit. They played together for five years in Chicago. Kane watched Dabrinkit go from diapers to a 40-goal scorer and in fact assisted on more than half of those 41 goals in 2022. I was thrilled with the signing. No harm, no foul. If it doesn't work out, oh well, you have until February to make another move. And bottom line, Stevie Y wants this team to win. He wants this team to get better, which was not the case last February at the deadline when they decided to be sellers. This year, what's already apparent is they're going to go for this thing and try to make the playoffs. We wanted the Lions to do it at the deadline. All it would have cost was a third-round pick to get Chase Young. They didn't. They were content with their team. We wanted the Pistons to make a move. Here's Joe Harris and Monte Morris. Thanks, you bozo, Troy Weaver. Stevie Y made a move. 
And he's got multiple more months until the trade deadline to do something else if this Patrick Kane thing doesn't work out. Stevie Y gave the Detroit fans a Hall of Famer. How much is this guy going to contribute? I don't know. I'm not exactly sure. I don't know how this hip surgery holds up. They basically shaved the bone down in his hip. He's been out for six months. But the Wings did need a shakeup in the lineup. So I'm cool with it. But I come into work and John immediately has to burst my bubble. Tells me straight to my face Patrick Kane was about as useless as an appendix last season with his New York Rangers, who the Red Wings play tomorrow on national television. Yeah, he was underwhelming. I had the same feeling that I'm sure a lot of Detroit Red Wings fans have today back in February. You bring in Patrick Kane, who spent his entire career since being drafted first overall, as you mentioned, with the Blackhawks. That relationship was coming to the end because the Blackhawks bottomed out and the Rangers got and traded for Patrick Kane. And they gave up a pretty big haul. And he came over and he was solid during the regular season. He came to play with like the situation in Detroit right now, right? Kane to Debrinkit this year. Mm-hmm. It was Kane with Panarin, who he played together with in Chicago last year. How'd he that was work solid. Out? He was solid. Then the postseason comes around, and he's playing as stiff as a board. Oh, He had five assists. He had a goal in a seven-game series, which isn't the worst. But in game seven, when it mattered most, the Rangers lost 4 nothing to the Devils. And... He was, it was basically all Patrick Kane's fault. It wasn't all Patrick Kane's fault, believe me, but he was a glorified decoy. And for a majority of that postseason, it was. And now, if you're a Red Wings fan, the bright side of that is that, well, he was playing with a bum hip. He was playing with a hip that needed six months of recovery, surgery. And now you hope, all right, as you mentioned during the open, low risk, maybe medium to high reward. Sure. For a guy who is 35, who is coming off injury, but he doesn't need to be your top goal scorer. No, not at all. He just needs to be someone to facilitate, to use in terms of the basketball sense, but someone to make smart plays. And I don't know how much one player could build to the winning culture, especially in hockey, but it's good to have a guy who's been there, done that, and was part of a dynasty in the Blackhawks in the early 2000s, uh, early 2010s, for a team that's really full of guys who don't have that postseason experience. Yeah, all you got to do is tell the team, hey, this is what this game's going to be about You're in the postseason. I think that's the ultimate goal of this team. That's what we said on opening night for the Red Wings in the studio. You got to make the playoffs for this season to be successful. And it's clear Steve Eiserman is trying to get that done because he's making moves right now in November. The fact that we're leading off with the Red Wings in November is wild enough. Why? Because they just signed a future Hall of Famer to their team for $2.5 million. Maybe he contributes nothing. We don't know yet. He's coming off his worst season in his career. 57 points in 73 games split between the Rangers and the Blackhawks. But he was dealing with this hip injury. It it was open. It wasn't a secret. This was a problem that was going to get addressed in the offseason. Yeah, and he was also playing for a Blackhawks team that, not that they had nothing to play for, but... Not a lot of talent surrounding him. Yeah, they they were bottoming out. Like so, you put that into perspective too. But there's 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 no uh, obviously working around it. Yes, statistically was his worst season. But now he's getting placed in a system that I think is going to work. I listen. I'm not as maybe optimistic as some Red Wing fans out there. And obviously, you can text in nine eight nine eight three seven six one two five. But that's just because he came to my team last year and didn't put us over the top. You've got a That's unique the experience. You've got a unique perspective on this thing. So yeah, I'll throw out the number 989-837-6125. Uh, 
We're probably not going to lead again with the Wings for a long time. Something crazy would have to happen. It's November. It's not often you lead with your hockey team. But it was worth our, our time today. So if you're a hockey guy, if you've been waiting for this, if you're one of those people saying, well, you don't talk Wings enough, this is your day. 989-837-6125. We've got a half hour together before Michigan State starts. If you guys want to talk hockey the whole time, let's do it. If not... We'll move on, talk about Michigan State's head coach. But, I I mean, this breaking news we wake up to, Patrick Kane's a Red Wing. What type of impact is he going to make? 989-837-6125. You're listening to The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. The Payoff continues. More from the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. Okay, John has kind of been Debbie Downer about the Patrick Kane signing. He got to see it firsthand. He's the biggest hockey guy I know, or one of him at least. Watches all the all the Rangers games. Throws a fit when they lose. A good a good mix of Red Wings games this year too. Can't say I've watched them all, That's but fine. probably you know more than I have uh, any time in my life. But you got you got the full thirty four year old Patrick Kane experience last year, and to say the least, you weren't really a fan. No. No, and again, I thought he was the missing piece because it's a very talented Rangers team, and he joined that postseason aspirations. And believe me, he, he wasn't you know the worst player out there. He he was good. It just wasn't Patrick Kane, like you said, arguably the best American-born player in hockey history. It wasn't that, but obviously a hip injury, obviously coming from a Blackhawks team that he played his entire career for that was just selling everything and rebuilding now. And that's how they got the first pick. But uh, not directly with the Kane trade, but obviously sucks so much that they got the first pick. But yeah, when Kane came over, he wasn't an impact player in the postseason. He was more of a pass-first guy. And he's going to come to Detroit and be the same, right? He's not going to be your leading goal scorer. You don't need him to be. But you don't, exactly. You do not need him to be. You need him to set up guys on the power play. You need him to really just be, I think, uh, a guy who could foster a winning culture. Because you mentioned it off the top, the core of this Red Wings team doesn't have a lot of postseason experience. And this year is hopefully the first in what is building of, you know, returning to greatness for Hockey Town, and that's being in the playoffs consistently. Right. But right now, you don't have really a lot of guys with postseason experience. You bring in Kane, and I'm not saying he's just an experience. Uh, he's he's going to be a guy who co- contributes, but... Right now, it sounds like he's going to be a second-line guy with the Brinkett. That's what I think. I think they have to pair him up right now. And I think that works. It didn't work to the uh, effect that I thought it would with Kane and Panarin last year in New York. But maybe it's different here. Correct correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm putting words in your mouth. But it Mm. sounds like you were ultimately disappointed with the Patrick Kane experience last year. Yes. And you're... Fearful to put expectation into Patrick Kane this year, coming off a hip surgery, now playing for a Red Wings team, trying to make the playoffs. Do you not think that this boosts their odds to make those playoffs? Right now, they're sitting third in the Atlantic Division. Right now, as of the, I mean, there's still a lot of hockey to play. Mm-hmm. But you're a playoff team at this moment in time. Does that Patrick Kane signing ultimately help you get towards that goal? Or is this irrelevant to how the season's going to go? No, I mean, I think it has to boost. You know, and it was a different situation where the Rangers were hoping he can get them to the Eastern Conference Finals and maybe the Stanley Cup last year, and they were already a playoff team. Mm -hmm. You bring Kane into a situation now where the Red Wings had 
as hot of a start as you can possibly have. Then they cooled off a bit, went to Sweden, didn't work out. And now they're back to their winning ways, even with Larkin. Three in uh, a row. Uh, you know, uh, sidelined a bit. But you're hoping you could fend off Toronto, who's below you right now in the Atlantic Division. And you're hoping you can make the postseason. And I don't, again, I don't think this is a move that puts them into maybe cup contender category. No. But I think it's a move that does bolster their playoff odds. And I think, just personally here, that it should be the expectation. And I know we already had this expectation on the show, and then the great start sort of assisted in that. But making the postseason right now should be the expectation. And, and the best part about this is trade deadline's not till February. No. Say, you know, say Patrick Kane comes in and contributes a little bit. You still need this extra push to become great. You can go make another trade. That's why I'm such a, a fan of this signing. Not not saying, oh, I think Patrick Kane is pushing the Red Wings over the edge, but it's so early on in the season. You're you're committing to making a move now, and it leaves the door open to make another move at the deadline. Because I mean, you know best, John. You're Mister Hockey. All you have to do is make the postseason, and anything can happen. That's yeah. been very clear the last few years. Yeah, it's not, it's the hottest team that gets in. You know, <laughs> that's all it is. A goalie standing on their head and just playing uh, hockey hot at the right time. Another thing I'll note, by the way, which I think has got to be really uh, maybe just positive vibes if you're a Red Wings fan, it's not like Kane didn't have options. I know it's, all right, right. a 35-year-old coming off hip surgery, you could sort of spin it like it's a nothing burger. But Rangers, in bringing him back, Panthers, Sabres, and the Maple Leafs all re- reported at one time or another, or another over the last couple months to be interested in bringing him in. Yep. So he had choices. He had options. I don't know if he had a year and two and a half million uh, with every team, but he definitely had options. It wasn't just, you know, oh, I, I'll go to Detroit because no one else wants me. Yeah, and, and it wasn't because uh, his number was available. Turns no. out he's going to be wearing 88. Daniel Sprong currently wearing 88, giving up the number. Yeah, has no, move. Apparently has no problem with it. How much do you think he paid to wear 88? How much do you think he paid to Sprong? Yeah. No. Yeah. Spr- Sprong, it's his first year with the club, too. So, if he was a guy who's been here a couple of years, maybe Sprong is. Not that he's not earned that number, but. No chance. Uh, had to have taken a little bit of dough. Or uh, you think t- so? uh, take me out to dinner first. Yeah, maybe something along those lines. I don't know. Go get a nice steak, show him around Detroit. I, I think it's he gave him the number and then he's expecting Kane to maybe, you know. Set him up for 17 goals the rest of the season. There you go. And. and do you, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but w- Kane wasn't really a goal scorer for last year for the Rangers. No. Do you think he's able to contribute at all? And it's hard to speculate what he's going to look like coming back from this injury. This is a pretty, pretty severe injury. This is your hip being surgically repaired, being shaved down to fit into your hip joint better. I, uh, I guess that's my best medical experience. I Wikipedia search what this basically is. But yeah, they, they shaved part of his hip bone down. He was dealing with it last year. He was not 100% healthy. Can it be worse? Probably not. Can it be better? There's there's certainly a world where it's not. But you hope after this type of surgery, which has ended a lot of different careers, if he's willing to get back on the ice, I mean, the greats deserve the benefit of the doubt, right? That you can get back and get back to not 100%, but the best of what a 35-year-old can be, right? I think so. And remember something, too. He's obviously, you know, a great player, but he's always been in his 100-point seasons someone who had more assists than goals. His most uh, goals in a season, I'm looking through it real quick, 46 back in 2015-2016, where he won the Hart—he didn't win the Hart Trophy, but he was an all-star. So, you know, 
You're 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 expecting a pass first guy, I would say. But he has some, some of the best hockey IQ, and he he's you know even when even with the Rangers, there was a couple passes even with him not in his prime anymore that you were like, yeah, that's that's Patrick Kane. He's he's built different. We compared him to Chris Paul when we were first talking about this off air. Chris Paul doesn't have the rings that Kane does, but it's the veteran that's going to help you come in and, like you said, facilitate a little bit. I don't think that's the right hockey term, but this is a nice veteran signing. If it doesn't work out, who cares? It costs you almost nothing. $2.5 million is nothing. And if it doesn't work out, you've got opportunities to go make another move at the trade deadline. I'm a fan. John's warning us, don't have your expectations too high for a 35-year-old coming off a hip surgery. 989 837-6125. That's the Frick Sports Bar text line. Chime in however you want to. We'll move on to Michigan State if no one wants to talk hockey. But I'm down to. This is is exciting. There's a future Hall of Famer now in Detroit. There is. There is. And And maybe he's given us his final act. And at at least there's one GM in Detroit right now who's getting aggressive. (laughs) I don't know what Troy Weaver does on a, a daily basis. Dan Campbell just is... He'll draft right, but... Dan hasn't, hasn't been Tan Campbell. He hasn't been too. Uh, my goodness, Brad Holmes. I know. I was about to say Brad Holmes doesn't want to do anything at the deadline. He, so was, we'll he see. was boy wonder for you a couple of weeks ago, man. You're singing his praises now. One deadline, he lets go. Yeah, very apparent they needed help. <laughs> and then who knows what Scott Harris is up to? Yamamoto, maybe oh. on the way. Nine eight nine eight three seven six one two five. You're listening to the payoff fueled by Forward Energy. Oh. Back to the payoff on the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Yeah, everybody looks good at home. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. Michigan State basketball at 630 if you're waiting for that. In the meantime, let's talk Michigan State football. If you ask me, this new hire, Jonathan, Jonathan Smith, there's a lot of parallels between the programs that he's jumping ship from. Oregon State is the Michigan State of the Pac-12. Both schools have an in-state big brother, big brand. Both schools can get frisky. But neither school has the ability to become a powerhouse of their conference. They never have and they never really will. MSU's won their conference outright twice in the past 30 years. You're not a powerhouse. You had a nice little stretch, but you're not a powerhouse. If you ask me, Michigan State's a good program that's great sometimes and horrible just as much. They've had a losing season three of your past four years. So you bring in Jonathan Smith. Breaking news, 20 minutes before their biggest game, number 16, Oregon State versus number six, Oregon. Really weird, John. I know you thought this was an interesting case of burying the lead on a Black Friday right before their biggest game of the year. It was weird. All this news comes out a half hour before their biggest game of the year. Yeah, and that, that's tough on the kids, but I, I, I felt when this hire was made, and I do just based on the market out there in terms of the Michigan State perspective, it was the right hire. But a guy named Jonathan Smith, <laughs> as generic as you can get, uh, and, and no, listen, I, I, I wish Michigan him success. State for you. I wish him success. Generic looking dude. This <laughs> generic is the name, guy. This is the guy that you bring in when your program has you know fallen to shambles like it has. A guy is not a big splash. There isn't really an expectation, even though you know. Paying him seven years, uh, fifty-two million. Sheesh. Uh, but th- there's not that expectation right away to win. You keep losing recruits left and right, 
right? You don't have a quarterback on the active roster anymore. Yeah, but you're hoping you're hoping Oregon but, State's able to get this four star quarter or Michigan State's able to get this four star quarterback that Oregon State stuffed on the their depth chart this year. Aiden Childs. Okay. But like to me, that hire was, yeah, we're just we're just moving forward. Let's be have a limelight a little bit. We're we're proud of it, right? Are we? we, we uh, well, I, I I think they are. Izzo gave them the the, the approval. Thinks you know based on how he had to work his way up, and he I do like his resume. Him. I didn't I didn't know I you know gave a little research, but with you know Boise State under Peterson during their heyday and stuff, it just kept working and working. It's well, it's a hire that again is not going to turn them around. The only it's going to take a while. You you say parallels too. It is tough to find, in my opinion. Maybe you'll find one off the top of your head. A comparison for what Jonathan Smith is going to enter into when he goes and coaches in East Lansing. Oh, I don't know. Your 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 head coach that was before you got, you know, fired for we know why, moral reasons and had lack of self-control. Maybe Doug Peterson in Jacksonville <laughs> taking over for Urban. I, I guess players, but you have no recruits. Club. You have you, you have no recruits anymore, so you have to build that up from the top, uh build that up from the bottom up. And then the last wrinkle in all this, which I think makes it a little different from Jacksonville, the league that currently exists that you're entering into is going to be different when you coach your first game in late August. Right, which is you're probably... You're getting four a, teams from the West Coast that is going to bury you even more so in the conference. Right, which is, you know, to, to Jonathan Smith's credit, he, he knows those teams in the West Coast better than all these other Big Ten teams know them. So will he have an advantage there? Maybe down the road, but you're taking over a program that's in the dumps, like you said, but he has experience doing that. He took over an Oregon State program that was 1-11, 0-9 in the conference. That was 2017. He takes over in 2018 and doubles their win total to two, and then he gets one conference win. He's 34-35 and 35 in six seasons with Oregon State, but he, what he inherited was similar to what this Michigan State program was going through. And, you know, minus the allegations, minus the off-the-field issues, he inherited garbage at Oregon State. And it took four years to get above 500. It took five years to get to 10 wins. And then this year, they regressed a little bit. Eight and four, you're two and three versus ranked teams. You did play Washington close. I'll give you credit for that. But guys, I got a newsflash for you. It's a steep uphill battle in this new Big Ten. You're never going to have a roster better than Michigan. You're never going to have better recruits than Ohio State or Oregon. And you'll never have the NIL money that the two LA schools have. If you're going to do this, it's going to have to be as an underdog. And to be quite honest with you, I don't know if that's possible in this new era of the Big Ten where there's consistently going to be six, seven ranked teams. It's going to be tough. And part of the reason he left Oregon State, they don't have a conference right now. (laughs) They're out. Yep. So this is a steep uphill battle for the Spartans. Is it possible? Sure. But get it out of your mind that it's happening in four years. Five years minimum. Yeah, that's... It's just a rough place to be, and it's it's a perfect storm, a perfect crap storm, honestly. That is is been placed on on I mean, not placed on them, but I guess placed on Smith. The, this right? guy I wouldn't mean, have left his alma mater if if they literally didn't have a conference. How are you supposed to recruit if yeah. you don't have a conference? I think money had a little bit to do with. How are you as supposed well, to schedule but... or make money if you're not in a conference? I I can almost promise you, if this conference realignment thing wasn't happening, he'd still happily coach at Oregon State, where he played quarterback for four years. Mm-hmm. There's no incentive to leave besides money, obviously, but I mean, you're set up to fail. 
You don't, you're not a conference next year. The Pac-12 has dismantled, and you didn't find an outlet. Oregon State didn't jump ships and join a different conference. So you know what? Jonathan, says, Jonathan Smith said, I'm out. I can't succeed here going forward. Can I succeed here at Michigan State right now? Probably not, but maybe down the line. Maybe. It, it's going to be an uphill battle, though. It's going to be something. We'll see how the recruiting trail works for good old Johnny Smith. I'm telling you, Michigan State better hope they get this Aiden Childs guy, this uh, this four star for. And who knows? Maybe you get DJU's final uh, year of eligibility. Wouldn't that be something? What is he? A, he's a top twenty quarterback in college football. Like we can count him all we want. We thought he was the next guy at Clemson. You bring that guy over, and you might already have the best quarterback in the Big Ten. Maybe he doesn't want to play for a Michigan State team that's crappy. Well, he, he was drafted by the Dodgers, too, so he could play for the Loons during the summers. DJU was drafted by the Dodgers? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, I, look, look it up. Uh, I think they the Dodgers used their last or second-last minor league pick on him. I was unaware of this, but I, I don't see why DJU would want to come play for Michigan State, but I don't see why he'd want to play, play for, for the Loons. I don't, yeah, hopefully. I don't see why he'd want to play for Oregon State either. So DJU's probably going to transfer if he doesn't get drafted. That's, that's, I guess, in the realm of possibilities. All right. Michigan State basketball time. Are they going to disappoint everybody again, John? They're, they've done pretty good at that. They're minus 28 tonight, so it'd be hard to do that. <laughs> oh, well, what were they against James Madison? I'm Probably something very similar. All right, everyone. That was the payoff. Hope it was worth it. Thanks for listening.